Hi, and welcome back to C. Myers Live. My name is Sally Myers, and I'm a principal at C. Myers Corporation. Hi, I'm Brian McHenry, and I am also a principal at C. Myers Corporation. So what we're here to talk about today is some of the discussions that we've been having with credit union executives over the last week. And as we go through the discussion, please feel free, like you did the last time, send in your questions. We'll do the best we can to answer them while we're here live. If we don't get to them, we will do our best to answer them in the next C. Myers Live. But if you have something time sensitive, of course, email us, let us know, call us. We'd be happy to get on the phone with you and help you with your time sensitive issue. But the two main topics that we'd like to talk about today from what we're hearing from our clients, especially CEOs, is I they're, they're saying, I know I need to continue to prepare and make decisions in this crisis, but I also know I need to move my business forward strategically. And I know I need to do these things, but I'm just not sure how to go about it. I need help. The other thing they're saying is what they are hoping for coming through on the other side of this is they're hoping that their employees uh, say to them, boy, the leadership was great through these unprecedented times. And that the employees would say, I know that our CEO and leadership team did the best they possibly could do in these trying times. So leadership is also top of mind for the, pe the people that we have been talking to. And so we'd like to go through, we really have four steps that you can get your head around that might help you be able to make decisions in a crisis, but really focus on moving your business forward strategically. Yeah. And so as you go through these four steps, know that they're not linear, that you may end up uh, going through an iterative process where you start with step one, go to step two, go back to step one. Uh, you might jump forward to future steps, roll back to previous steps and do that multiple times as you're going through this. That's just part of this process. And also that as we talk about these steps, they're not really intended to be done in isolation. Uh, again, that non-linear process, they're very linked and uh, connected in trying to help you think about how you move your business forward, even as you're in disaster mode. So let's, let's start with step number one. Step number one is really start off and identify three to five different stories about what the future might look like. You can go for more mild to more severe stories to help understand what, what are we planning for? What, what are the things that might happen? Uh, unemployment, GDP, some different economic metrics might be a way to start to help you decide and determine the level of severity. Also, what does the recovery look like? What's the duration of this particular scenario or, or story as, as we're talking about here. All of those things are really, really helpful. Once you have that, then ask some questions. Go through and, and ask some questions about the scenario and answer those questions as a group. That can help you think through how you might respond in light of the scenario. And again, at, at help you identify as you're thinking strategically for next moves, what might you wanna plan for and think through in light of these different scenarios. Also, don't forget psyche and how powerful people's psyche and the collective psyche can be. 
it's it's easy to get focused on the economic metrics and how people are showing up the behaviors the concerns the things that they're doing will also have an impact on how, on the recovery the duration of how long this lasts yeah yeah and so examples of scenarios or stories we will go ahead and give you a couple of examples these are bare bones and they, you would need to put your own meat on them, what's appropriate where, for where your mindset is. And in keeping with the theme of people worried about health and what's going on out there with COVID-19, we've identified four uh, scenarios. The first one is what if the economy is like, they, we went to the Minute Clinic, or what if we the economy was in urgent care or we had the economy was a hospital stay or the economy was along the lines of an extended stay in ICU with long-term disability. So what do we mean by that? And right now, again, from a bare bones perspective, we're going to use unemployment to represent the state of the economy. However, uh, what Brian said uh, about the consumer's mindset is very important as you're thinking through these different scenarios, what might be going on with respect to the consumer's behaviors, what has changed forever or changed for a long time, and what behaviors, once things get back to, quote, the new norm, will people pick up and carry on prior to COVID-19? So what do we mean by Minute Clinic? Minute Clinic, think of that as a mild uh, uh, blip. And it would be something along the lines of unemployment increases to 4 to 5% in the near term. But by the end of the year, we're heading back and we feel pretty good about where the economy is going. And then jumping all the way to something that's quite dire, which is, what if the economy is an extended ICU with long-term disability? So what might that look like? Well, it could look like the unemployment rate just skyrockets to 20% by the end of the year. And then we have another wave of a virus hitting in first quarter 2021, and then unemployment increases to 30%. And also then taking that all that into account, we're at depression level events for the next three years and the recovery is five years or well beyond five years. So it's a range of possible scenarios or stories. So um, Sally, we're, we've got a question here and could, could you provide some examples of questions places might wanna think through as they're trying to explore these scenarios? Oh, sure, yeah. So questions would be, again, I'm gonna come back to the, the people because it's, it's all about consumer behavior. And so step back and for these scenarios, ask yourself, what might people be feeling and how might they be responding in these different scenarios? And people include your membership, your potential membership, your employees, board members, regulators, third parties, how might they be feeling and responding? And also another question is, is what does the competitive environment look like in these different scenarios? And where's the opportunity? One of the things when people do um, some of these scenarios, especially when you get to the deep dark one of the extended ICU, 
people go into a, a, a really dark spot, but there are always opportunities in finding those opportunities, asking yourself and really pushing where are the opportunities because out of this, there will be new products and services and options for delivery. And of course, you have to ask yourself, what are bad things that can happen? And a key question is, what are, what are things that you could do today that would not harm you in these scenarios, but would also fit well for these scenarios? So that is a key question, and we call that a bookend question. So does that? Yeah, that's that's great. And the other thing I would add here too is questions beget questions. So keep a list. What other questions should we be asking? And then go through and prioritize and, and try and answer a few of those questions. And then for the other questions, just know those are good things that you might want to chew on in the back of your mind. Circling back to the bookend question that you talked about, Sally, it's a, it's a really good segue into step number two. So once you've gone through, you've identified your scenarios, you've explored them a little bit, now get into step two, and this is really about your measures of success. And, and even more fundamental is what matters to you? Regardless of what scenario happens, what are the things you wanna be able to say about your success? It could be qualitative, it could be quantitative, but again, really identifying what's important to you as an organization. Examples of this would be, you know, circle back to what you said at the beginning, Sally, is uh, we want to show really well as a leadership team. That's That matters to us. We also want to make sure that we're here for members and that our brand strength is remains strong or is strong throughout going through, uh, throughout going through this crisis. And then also, maybe members are raving about us, you know, and they're really connected with, they feel more connected with the credit union. So those, those are a couple of examples of what matters to us. And then you can dive in to how does that show up maybe qualitatively and quantitatively? Do you, do you want to talk a little bit more about qualitative measures? So again, qualitative measures are measures that you don't necessarily put exact um, metrics to but they're more along the feeling. And you mentioned some already from a leadership perspective. Uh, another example would be uh, members raving, but what are they raving about? And so some credit unions are talking about, and I just want them to rave about what we showed up for, for the member. I want them to rave about our digital delivery. That's what I really want and, and helping to move forward the strategy. Another thing is, is going from the employee side of it too, is I want our employees to say, going through these rough times and having to work remotely, I want our employees to say that our culture is even stronger today than it was before this whole thing started to unfold. So those are some of the things that you feel that you can't actually measure. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the quantitative measures of success and they they fall into traditional, or not necessarily traditional, but financial measures of success and, and some traditional, and then other things that you can quantify and measure, but are not necessarily financial measures of success. Yeah. and. Um... Got. I do have a question here on the financial measures of success. Question is, yeah, you know, how do you relate the financial measures of success to those broad scenarios, considering you have a really mild and a really severe scenario? And it's that 
great question. Mm -hmm. And so this is that's why the scenarios are helpful because you may not land on this is the ROA or the net worth or the growth, loan growth, asset growth, whatever that may be that we want, regardless of the scenario. In this case, actually, would be a great thing to look at is a range. Have a range of saying, here's what we would accept, which can help you identify that if it is a more severe scenario, it's are you in line with the lower end of your range versus the higher end of your range might be that more mild scenario. So again, going that route helps give you an idea of we're okay in these scenarios, or at least this is what we're willing to accept and we know we can hit what really matters to us if we, when we've already identified some of that. So let me just make sure. So on the uh, financial measures of success, maybe what I hear you saying is what you measure may be the same thing. The things mm -hmm. that you measure across these different scenarios would be the same, but the ranges would be, could be vastly different. Like mm -hmm. if you're in the minute clinic scenario, you're going to have, a, you, you're going to want higher performance. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the extended ICU scenario, your um, idea of what strong is be, would be would, would change. I mean, even maybe in the uh, extended ICU, the well-capitalized status, again, this is not a recommendation, but that 7% mm -hmm. may, may go by the wayside if, if it's really that bad. Yeah. So again, what you measure could be the same but the um, the range of measurements would change. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks for clarifying that. And also that highlights when you start this process, you don't have to start with what the number is. Start with what, what you want to measure first. Then go through and figure out what that number is. Sometimes we'll get bogged down into the number before we've even stepped back and said from an overall perspective, what matters to us. Get that question first, what you want to measure, then start start getting the numbers and applying them there. Mm -hmm. And also we're getting um, a lot of ideas coming in here for non-financial measures of success as far as questions. Well, how do you do that? And a lot of them are focused on the digital delivery. So what are, what are some of the things that you have seen and clients are talking about to you on that? Yeah, so on, on the digital side, you know, lot, lots of ideas, lots of different things here. Uh, some of it is how many logins and how many transactions are we getting. There's also uh, really tracking from a payments perspective and putting some measures of success around payments. Uh, getting down to how much of our members' time are we asking for them in order to accomplish getting a loan or opening a new account. Seeing some places have drop-offs and they're particularly on the consumer side, some drop-off in their loan production and their loan demand. This is where it's even more important to start looking at that because when that loan comes in, you want to make sure that you're you're on it and you can move it through and understanding how much time from the moment the member clicks and starts that application to the moment they get their money is a great way to step back and measure your success from a digital perspective. Another way to think about this would be like, what's what's the member effort score? As an example, how hard is it for them to actually accomplish the task that they're trying to complete digitally, already mentioned loans, already mentioned account opening, and look at all the other pieces of your, your digital landscape. What's it like for them to do bill pay? What's it like for them to transfer funds? Anything where they're going to use you and you want to try and engage them more, start looking for measurements you know, across that perspective. And I imagine then on the member's time and the member effort score is stepping back and looking at business rules 
business processes and then business practices. You know, yeah. So what a rule is versus a practice is different, mm -hmm. but here's a tremendous opportunity to save people time. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, we had another question. You said something about payments. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Can you expand on that? Yeah, so lot, you know, a lot of different things you can do on payments. Start with get some information and look at your by transaction volume, number of transactions. Look at who your top 10 vendors are. And when we say vendors, think, you know, Amazon, Starbucks, Costco, and are you seeing vendors in that top 10 that really align with your target market? A lot of people, you know, we've seen it with the panic buying and people not wanting to necessarily go out more online vendors are being used and so are you seeing that in where most of your transactions are happening they're in the top 10 if it's amazon are they in the top 10 or not if they're not then what do you need to do in terms of your payments to incentivize or get your members to use your card more whether it's debit card or the credit card same thing because there's a panic buying what you may also see is there's less transactions but more dollar volume happening so do the same thing for the dollars. How many dollars are being transacted by vendor? And again, does that align for your target market and what you're seeing your members need to say, yeah, I would expect a lot of people to be going to bulk retailers like Costco and Sam's Club. So are we in the top 10 or not right now? If we're not, or rather, if they're not in our top 10 on the vendors, then something's going on. That's a great opportunity for us to check in and fix something and then set a measure of success around this. That can be a way for us to tell how digitally engaged, or rather how engaged our members are from a payments perspective, which could could be digital too. Sure, and in the payments piece of it, and I'm thinking of you talking about the really the interchange income that goes along with it. And so really important to use business intelligence now as the margin, the fear of course, is that we'll live in the 0% rate environment for an extended period of time. That is not a forecast because we really don't know. Mm -hmm. However, going after and understanding um, and developing strategies around the, the non-interest income as an example, where it is not punitive, can be very helpful to offset maybe some of the hits that are going to be taken in the margin. We, we also have another comment here from somebody, and this is great. I'm so glad that somebody's um, making this comment because as we're talking we're like well this isn't anything different than my current strategic plan so so how is this helpful and so let's talk a little bit about that yeah so first I would say awesome right so what we're talking about here here's the great thing is none of this is really I, I won't say none a lot of this isn't really new it's just it's things you're already focused on that you can now circle back to and say oh okay we've thought about this so we're on a path here, we just need to make sure we're connecting those, those strategy items, those measures of success to what we've really been focused on from a disaster mode and a crisis mode. So in this case, what may happen as you go through this process is you say, yeah, the measures of success that we have, fortunately, they're still applicable. We just may elevate and prioritize certain measures now over other measures. What may be more important are the digital measures for, for right now or, or in light of all these scenarios rather than some of the other measures that we might have been tracking previously. So take comfort in that, actually, yeah. that you don't have to step back and recreate the wheel. You actually have already done a lot of the work. It's just a matter of circling back and saying, now based on the potential environments and futures we're going into, what still, go back to that question, what matters to us 
what have we already identified that's still going to work? Yeah, I, I just punctuate what you said is like, well, that's good news mm -hmm. because you already had been on that path. Mm -hmm. You just may need to accelerate the path. And as you said, maybe prioritize or elevate some of that digital delivery and really be laser focused on it from mm -hmm. the member experience perspective. So there's the good news. Mm -hmm. So what's the, th we've talked about number one, which is create the scenarios, put the meat on the bones. Um, in number two, which we just finished, was qualitative and quantitative measures of success. What's number three? So now that you have this, overlay your strategy over this and identify what still fits and what might you need to pause on. And then on the other side, what might you want to accelerate? If there's a lot of focus on the digital side, not saying that's the only focus, but there is a lot of focus on remote channels, digital channels. Looking at the scenarios, you may say, this matters regardless of the scenario. It doesn't matter if it's our minute clinic or our extended ICU, this is important. So we're going to continue to do this and maybe elevate it a little bit more. On the other side, we may say there are, there are certain strategies that they're still important, but we may hold or move a lot slower on them because, God, I don't know, if we're in an extended ICU, I'm not sure we want to pursue that strategy. So it's helpful for you to go back and prioritize your strategies, your strategic imperatives or priorities and say, here's how we might how we would want to move going forward yeah and i imagine also is if you put some press the pause button as you're discuss, discussing pressing pause then what are things what are indicators or triggers that you would have ahead of time that would cause you to you know remove the pause button or if there are other things too that you think new things that you want to do in light of what you've learned um, with respect to the working remotely, the living in the 0% environment that you would like to do, but you don't have the bandwidth to do it now, you could also look for indicators with respect to, no, now we want to initiate these types of strategies. Mm -hmm. So having those discussions ahead of time can be very helpful. And then the, the last one is the financial piece. Yeah, and still the financial piece, financials are always important. And you need to put some numbers to this. So you've gone through, you have your stories, you've talked about what matters to you, measures of success. You're looking at your strategic plan and your strategies and prioritizing and saying what fits and what may need to pause. And now what, what do the numbers look like? Have to put some numbers to it. Short term, makes sense doing a lot of budget reforecasts right now to understand the, the environment that we're in. And I'm going to say this, and people initially, I know it's going to sound maybe a little bit crazy right now, given the environment, but you need to look over the three to five year time horizon. Understand how the decisions you make today will impact you down the road. And also think about the scenarios. Those scenarios are not necessarily just three months. Some of them may go on for three to five years. So putting the numbers to it can then, act, it can then also help you circle back and say, do the measures of success still fit? What happens if we do or do not do this strategy? Does it help move us forward? Does it not? Or maybe putting a pause on it would actually, that's that indicator you were talking about, might be a good thing if we get into the urgent care economy. But if we're in the minute clinic economy, we might move forward. So it's, it's still really important. And I know three to five years sounds like, it just sounds like a lot. And it's so important to take that longer term financial forecasting look and financial planning look to make sure that you have the numbers to help you make decisions as you're prioritizing, prioritizing yeah. strategy. Well, and also 
you you know looking at the longer term as hard as that may seem right now it helps uh decision makers understand are they going to use up their financial ammunition too soon and so how do you want to use your finances to support the consumer in these tough times but also be there when they're ready to come out and still be innovative there's a lot of opportunity to be innovative here mm-hmm. and then the other thing too that has to be taken into account is the financials extending them out three to five years as tough as it is to think about that but also looking at your risk profiles yeah we can't ignore the credit risk uh, can't ignore the interest rate risk and maybe 100 basis points swing in rates down or up that can hurt a lot more today because of our starting point and it would be interesting or not interesting it's necessary to understand that the the risk and how the risk might change mm-hmm. the you know we're getting a comments here you know it all sounds great it, but time mm-hmm. i don't have time for this when should i start um and so now mm-hmm. yeah the, the the time is now and you want to talk a little bit more about the time yeah you know sure it's the time is now because the sooner you understand these issues and the opportunities the more options you'll have to address them and so i'm going to i'm going to quote cliff myers here and he always said the point at which you address the problem is directly related to the number of viable options that you have and so it we recognize you we're in disaster mode we're in crisis mode and you are making decisions today that will have impacts and ramifications years down the road. So as hard as it is to take time, and time is so precious right now, it is so critical so that you can step back, understand where you're going, prioritize, and then it actually makes the decision-making process a little bit easier and takes less time in the future because you already have filters in place of here's how we're going to address different things. And you've done the thinking and the planning beforehand, before being in the moment where now you're you're in a crisis and, and you have to move a lot quicker than maybe you're comfortable with. So it, it will actually save time in the future. And again, linking with some of these decisions will have long-term impacts. Right, and I just wanna to add too, is whatever you plan out and prepare for, it's not necessarily going to pan out exactly the way you plan. We all know this. But the the taking the time to think critically about what could be and how you can land on your feet and be stronger as an organization, it's really not optional. So the the four things, just to wrap up, because we want to be mindful of time, the four steps, again, they're not linear, but the four steps are, what are the scenarios that you want to test drive? Mm -hmm. And then qualitative and quantitative measures of success, if you live in those scenarios. Overlay your current strategy, what sticks? That really helps provide solid foundation for prioritization. And then you have to link uh, the financials with all of this stuff that's going on. So wanna thank everybody for their time today. Appreciate it, appreciate the questions and um, look forward to the next time. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot, bye-bye.